But it's always the up north people, like the people that come from New York and Philly, Detroit, and Canada, and they, you know, they always the ones to come to Georgia and be like, oh, this is nothing. And they have on their shorts and tank tops. I'm like, okay, well, do your thing, and we're going to bundle up, though. <laughs> it's just like I remember I was science fiction convention, and I was staying overnight, and I looked out the window. It was freezing and raining, and they were in the swimming mm-hmm. pool, and the thing is, they were in the swimming pool, and there was a lightning storm. You're not supposed to go in mortar when there's lightning. But they were right. swimming because they were tourists, and they were, and they were in California, and they weren't going to <laughs> not go swimming. It didn't matter that there was a lightning storm, and they could get electrocuted. Right. They said they came all the way to Cali for this. We're going to do it. I, and I... I and I, I don't know if they were from the north or where they were from, but I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are nuts. Yeah, no, that's not, I would never. I could never. <laughs> I just don't understand it. I don't. I mean, you, you would think self-preservation would stop you from doing something that dumb. Yeah. Uh I guess not these days. People gonna push it to the limit. That's just uh I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't get it. I really don't. Yeah. Um, I hear you. So how's everything going? Any uh new projects that have popped up or <laughs> you got a new movie or what's going on? Yes, yes. So uh, I think since the last time we talked, um, I want to say at that time I had just dropped my film, um, Friends Like Sisters, which has been doing very good. You know, we had the premiere, the red carpet premiere earlier last year, and then um, the film hit Amazon and it hit Tubi. It hit Amazon first and then it hit Tubi maybe around October or so, and it has been doing very, very well, very well. So, you know, thank you to everybody who's been supporting that film. We love you. And um, and so then in September, we actually shot another film that I directed that should be coming out in March, and that's called Bitter Sugar. And um, it's, like, really dope. It's a thriller. It has elements of betrayal and, you know, loyalty and all that good stuff. So I'm definitely excited for people to check that one out when it comes out. That sounds really fun. What, now, what's the, is it like a murder mystery, or is it? Um, so it's not a murder mystery, but it's basically the story of an undercover officer. You know, he's married, he has a family, and he gets reassigned to Atlanta to um, take down this drug gang. And the drug gang anticipates him coming, and they basically send, um, what's the word, that they used in the interview, I think, a uh, honeypot. <laughs> they sent the honeypot, oh, basically. Wow. Yeah. A girl in to, like, seduce him and take him down, and it's just basically telling the story of everything around that. So we had a lot of fun with it. That sounds interesting. I always find that yeah. was really, like, fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. Did you actually study some real cases? Uh, before he started working on the film? Well, so I didn't write this one. Um, I worked with a guy named Kenny. He's actually the writer and producer of this one. I directed it and just helped him bring the vision to life. So I'm I'm sure he did. Like, he really went deep when he was writing the script to make sure, you know, things kind of reflected how it might go in real life. But on my part, just as far as bringing the live visually on screen and kind of making sure the tone and the atmosphere was there, I did study some films that kind of, you know, had a similar tone. Where, um, uh, when will it be coming out? Where will it be coming out? So it'll be, we're having a premiere down in Atlanta um, in March. I don't know the exact date, um, but I know it'll be in the mid, mid-March. mid And then I'm anticipating it being on Amazon Prime probably by April. And then Tubi sometime shortly after that. And maybe some other streaming platforms as well. I actually really like Tubi. Yeah, Tubi is amazing, I really man. Do. Tubi. Because it, yeah. it has such a good mix. It has, like, really new mm-hmm. films like yours, and it has old classics, and 
It has uh, uh, TV shows that are uh, that are uh, that may have passed you by, but now you can see it, and you know, right. it's a really interesting mix of shows there, and it's free. <laughs> and it's free, and you don't even need a you don't even have to sign in. You can literally just hit play and start watching. So I know actually one reason, <laughs> like us as filmmakers, we love Tubi. Um, because for that reason, like, we could put our films on Amazon and, you know, people just aren't as ready to pull out their credit cards these days. Even if the price is one ninety nine or two ninety nine, it's just this other layer of friction. But like you say, with Tubi, since it's free, people are way more likely to just give it a look. And so, you know, our films do really well on Tubi. Yeah, I'm, it's just really interesting because, um, like I, I can watch a new movie, and then after that, I what else do I? Oh, look, they have a, an old classic of Betty Davis, so I can I can watch mm-hmm. a new movie that just premieres, and then I can watch an old classic like Betty Davis, and I can watch them back to back. There's not many channels like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The content is dope, and you know, just the fact that. I believe Tubi will probably surpass, I dare say, Netflix um, in the next couple of years. If everything stays on the track that it's on, I could see Tubi bypassing Netflix and becoming, like, the number one streaming service in the world. It's 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 getting there. Yeah, Netflix is sort of like HBO used to be. They kind of have yeah. a hold, an exclusive hold on movies that you can't see yeah. them for, like, 10 years. Or something. Right. They finally can mm-hmm. see this movie uh, that they'll stream it elsewhere. Um, it's it's really a pain. Yeah, it is. And then just the business model. Like I don't want to get too deep into the business talk, but like just the business model of Netflix. Like they have to charge because they're spending so much money on films, and they're using all these big A-listers. But it's like they're struggling because people will come and watch the movie and then they don't want to stay like month after month. So it's like they're struggling to keep subscribers and Tubi just doesn't have to worry about that, you know, <laughs> they yeah, just don't exactly. have to worry about it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I just, I never got into Netflix. I know ne- I, I, um, I did watch, have HBO for a while. Um, mm-hmm. once, when it first started and then later again, and I, it's okay. Um, <laughs> right. But I just don't like how they, like, I don't know. Uh, at least when yeah. Disney did it, they released it every eight years so you could see the movies, you know. It's just mm-hmm. even, uh, you, you, uh, it was constantly in the market. So let's say right. Mary Poppins and then eight years uh, came out in 61 and then eight years later when I was old enough to see it, it came out mm-hmm. again. And then it came out another eight years later when some <laughs> other people were old enough to see it. Yeah. yeah. I like that yeah. kind of marketing. Yeah, that's good. You're introducing it. You're constantly introducing it to new audiences and, you know, people getting to see it for the first time. Like, I know a lot of kids these days who've never watched The Wizard of Oz. And to me, that's, like, crazy because when I was a kid, it literally came on every year. for Every what, I think Easter year. Maybe. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, it came on every year, and it was just such a thing. But now they don't even know what it is. It's crazy. I know, I know, I know. And, the, uh, uh, and, and people who won't watch black and white movies, I just, I don't, mm-hmm. some of the best movies <laughs> were black and white. And they had mm-hmm. the choice of color in black and white. I mean, they were made in the 40s and and mm-hmm. chose to be black and white, like Citizen Kane. Can you imagine Citizen mm-hmm. Kane in color? They wanted to colorize Citizen Kane. Oh, no. Yeah, that definitely would have killed, like, the noir classical vibe that it has. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And they tried to do that with the Maltese Falcon, too, and John Houston almost had a heart attack trying to get them not to. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. No, nah, it works when it works. I think as far as, like, even with modern films, like, I think, was it Sin City? The original Sin City might have been in black yeah, and white. Yeah, Sin City was in black and white. And, yeah. Yeah, and I know it had the comic, the comic novel, the, um, the graphic novel feel to it, but 
still the use of black and white. I thought that was a, they did a great job with that. And um and um um oh, what's it called? Silent movie. Mel Brooks. He did that in black and white ah. the studio almost had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, when it works, but, it works. Uh, it was a big hit. It was a big success. But it's, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you ever saw a silent movie, but it's one of the funniest movies. And you know, Mel Brooks makes all funny movies. Um, right. Uh, you know, who else would think to get somebody like Richard Pryor to write mm. a, a movie for him? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he loved Richard Pryor. He wanted him to play the part, but the studio wouldn't back him because of the problems with drugs. But um, yeah. you, you, you know that um, um, famous movie, I just blanked out, um, Gene Wilder, um, uh, Cleavon Little, um, mm-hmm. Blazing Saddles. <laughs> okay, Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles was written... Uh, it, 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 it was it was like a group of men wrote it, but all the humor that was around uh, black culture that was all Richard Pryor, and he, and he was mm-hmm. even in the movie. He he had a small part. He was the chauffeur that opened he, who opened the door for uh, Gene Wilder and Cleveland at the end of the movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've never that, seen that one. Uh... You've never seen Blazing Saddles? I've never seen Blazing Saddles. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Yeah. Now you make I me mean, want to watch it. Now I'm definitely adding it to my list. Oh, yeah. It, it's so funny. Some really stupid humor. Uh, yeah. But, but that's normal for Mel Brooks. Um, yeah. There's one very <laughs> famous scene. Um, how do I describe it nicely? Uh, did you ever have too many beans? Baked beans? Like pork and beans? Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know the reaction to your body if you have too much of it? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what the whole scene is. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know they were wilding out there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, cool. it's a really great movie. But it, but see, okay. that's innovation, incredible using talent that really knew what they were doing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, another thing Mel was really great at is giving women great roles. Um, nice. I, I, I'm talking about him like he's dead. He's still alive. He's one of the few <laughs> of the, that generation that's still with us. Um, right. But but um, but. That's what we need today. That's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because Mel Innovation. Brooks was um, the original Willy Wonka, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, Mel Brooks Yeah, right. That. Gene Wilder was the... Oh, that was Gene Wilder. Okay. I think I'm confusing him in my head. Okay. I know Mel Brooks' name, but I can't put a face to it. So hopefully he doesn't listen to this and get mad at me. I'm going to... Check out Blazing Saddles, though. So by the next time we talk, then I would have been a same. Uh, watch Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, History of the World Part One. Oh, yeah. And you will be an expert if you watch those three movies. <laughs> Young Frankenstein. That's okay. I know he Okay. Yeah. That's him. That, That's that him. was another one that was shot in black and white in the studio with Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's a classic. It's been parodied so many times. It's a lot of great great stuff. Well, uh, he actually, it was actually Gene Wilder who wrote it. And he he told us, he actually said, the only way I'll work with you is (laughs) on this particular movie, because it's a dream movie for me, is that if you're not in it. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Because he wanted it to be the noir, the the same kind of style as the old Frankenstein movies and everything. Mm-hmm. So really, it's Gene Wilder who's the genius behind Young Frankenstein. Uh, Mel was the person who was producing it. He got all the stuff. He got mm. Universal to give them the original 
laboratory of Frankenstein from the original Frankenstein movie from the 30s. That's one of the things he did. Yeah. That's why having a good producer on your project is so important, you know. It's very crucial. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and he he is a good producer. I mean, how many people give their wives a gift? Well, especially if their wife is an Oscar-winning actress, uh, mm. a, a movie for your for her birthday. Oh wow! Who yeah, was his wife? Anne Bancroft. She was okay. uh, in Helen Keller. She was in uh, The Graduate. She was uh-huh. in. Um, Oh, she's in so many movies. She she was a real she was basically known as a dramatic actress, but she started going do being in his movies like To Be or Not to Be, and uh, suddenly discovered oh and and she was also in silent movies, and some people suddenly people said oh and Bancroft has a sense of humor. She's not just beautiful and, and talented and dramatic. <laughs> I always found it funny oh. that because. Someone's beautiful. Oh, they don't have a sense of humor. Right. Yeah. Well, no, that's cool. I think that's, um, these days it seems like all the the great comedic actors want to try to go dramatic and show that they have dramatic chops. So it's interesting to see somebody go from dramatic to comedy, you know? Well, yeah, it's sort of, uh, did you ever see the airplane movies? I did. Well, the first one. The original one. Uh, do you know that all those almost almost all the people in Airplane were serious dramatic actors? Oh wow! Um, I did not. Yes, every Robert Stack and um, Leslie Nielsen and uh, Lloyd Bridges—they they were all known as serious dramatic actors. They had done some comedy mm-hmm. on television stuff like that. But basically, they were the straight man. They weren't the comedian. Mm-hmm. This this was a chance for all those actors to shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In comedy. And they did. <laughs> they made a classic, a cult movie. classic. Yeah. I love that movie. I love both of them. They're both they're the silliest movies ever, but if you just want to laugh, that's a movie to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I got to check out the second one. Yeah, the second one is really funny. They're supposed to be it's supposed to be the space shuttle and and same thing as airplane, but it's in space. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That tells you when I'm put that on my kind of space shuttle. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna put that on my uh, to watch list definitely then. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, <laughs> but I see I love that kind of thing. I just I love I love good humor. I like silly Yeah. Same. I actually, um, so, yeah, that was the last movie, the one I mentioned earlier, Bitter Sugar. That's the one that we filmed and um, completed, but I'm actually, like, almost done writing my personal next film, so I'm actually producing, directing, and writing this one, and this is going to be a raunchy comedy. Yeah. Really? I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be like, um... Yes, it's going to be like, have you seen, um, kind of like Superbad meets Friday is how I'm pitching it in my head, but um, it's going to be kind of like a stoner comedy, if you will, but it's going to be really, really fun. <laughs> it's that be really sounds fun. like fun. That sounds yeah. like really fun. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I, I, I think mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah, I, I can Thank just you. see that. So, so yeah. you're in the middle of writing the screenplay right now. Right, I'm almost done. I was um, originally, I wanted to be done in December and to be shooting by January, but since a lot of it is taking place outside, I figured I don't want to have my um, cast and crew outside in the freezing cold. And then just for the story, it doesn't need to be cold outside. So we're going to probably shoot it in April. So I'm giving myself a little bit more time to finish the script. Um, I'll probably be done with it by like mid-February. And, and we're going to go for it. And I'm excited about it because, um, you know, the last pretty much all of my films up to this point have been a collaborative effort either with my business partners or, you know, I've been directed for other producers, which is also all great. I love it. You know, I love collaborating. But, you know, I feel like it's time for me to put out my own 
unadulterated vision, no compromises, just exactly how it is in my head. And so that's what this film is going to be like, 100% the craziness that, that goes through my mind. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that's really important. I mean, look at how many screenwriters become directors. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Billy Wilder, um, more mm-hmm. modern, Nora Ephraim, Nancy Myers. Um, yeah, you know, so many. So yeah, I think that's great. I, and you are Thank already you. a director. I mean, you're already a director, and you're already a screenwriter. So maybe this right. will pit you into a new market. I'm hoping so, Sherry. I think that it's um, gonna definitely be a cult classic in a few years. Like I remember the first time I saw Superbad. And I was definitely, it came out in 2007, and I was right in the perfect age group they were targeting. And it was like that and 40-year-old version, both of them, they just changed my life, which I know sounds crazy to say about a raunchy comedy, but, like, I was just like, hell yeah. Like, I just, it connected with me at that age. So I'm basically making this movie for myself at that age and everybody like me. So (laughs) that's how I'm approaching it. That's actually really sweet. (laughs) Yes, thank you. I love Seth Rogen and all of those guys, like from 40-year-old version all the way up to maybe like This is the End. They had an incredible run, and I watched every last one of those movies. Well, I think that's super. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a great thing for you to uh, stretch your muscles and try something different. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I can't wait for us to be talking about that one in a few months from now. I definitely want to come back and tell you all about it. Oh, I, I, I'm up for it. Just let me know when. <laughs> I'll be here. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Indeed. But I just, yeah, I just think it's great. I think that yeah. one of the things that's great about uh, show business is that you can stretch your muscles. You can try new things. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 well, you know, there's there's always the other side that it may not, if it doesn't work, that you'll you, you right. have problems. But let's hope <laughs> that it doesn't fall onto that side. Uh, right. No, you're right. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I and sometimes they become cult classics. There's... Um, there's a very famous movie, and I'm sure if you saw Wizard of Oz every year, you also saw It's a Wonderful Life every year. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you yes. were growing Absolutely. up. Did mm-hmm. you know that that was a bomb? I did not. When it first came out, it bombed? It bombed. Well, one of the reasons is the studio brought it out in August. What? A Christmas movie? Yeah. A Christmas movie in August. They did that a few times. They did that with The Bishop's Wife, too. That was another movie that they screwed up. Um, Bishop's Wife is with uh, Cary Grant and Loretta Young and David Niven. It's about, um, they they did a remake called The, the Reverend's Wife or something. I don't, I, it's, it was, the Preacher's um, Wife? The Preacher's Maybe. Wife, yeah. That okay. was a remake. Yeah, not yeah. But can you imagine if they brought that out during August or July? It just, you know, how stupid can you be? Yeah. Yeah, that was not a good <laughs> a good release plan at all. Somebody dropped the ball on that one. And 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 um they didn't want anybody to know Cary Grant is an angel in Bishop's Wife. So they kept saying, and Cary Grant plays a mysterious character. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was really poorly done. Yeah. I bet it would have been interesting to see, like, how those movies were marketed back then when they originally came out, like, compared to how they are today, you know? Like, these days you have to have a trailer for your trailer, Right. So, like, mm-hmm. if you watch YouTube, it'll be like, the trailer for this new movie is going to start in three seconds. It's because attention spans are so short, and so it's like you got to try to catch them as early as possible. But back then, it wasn't like that. So, well, they I, I always think that. Was, they, they had trailers, but they also 
had behind the scenes just like we do today. So that's what's really interesting is to watch, to get a classic movie and watch the behind the scenes in it. It's so cool. I, I'm yeah. one of those nerdy people that when I get a DVD, I always look at the behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. No, it, it's it's interesting, like you say, and I think, you know, that's probably probably what made me want to go into filmmaking, seeing how everything, like, uh, like looks behind the scenes. It's like, oh, they look like they're having a good time. So, and, and the thing yeah. is, is that um, I still do it. I mean, I just saw Mrs. Harris. Uh, Ghost of Paris just came out on um, on Peacock. On Peacock. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first thing I did, because I read the book, I know and knew what happened, so I just went I went to all the extras before I watched the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. Uh, man, I'm, you're going to make me miss DVDs now. We, don't, we can't do that anymore. Why? I have DVDs. <laughs> Well, I mean, well, I guess, yeah, technically. They just, it's not, I guess, they're not like they were back in the day, back in the 90s and the early 2000s. Like, I can't remember the last time I brought a DVD, I bought a DVD. So, I guess they still put, like, those kind of featurettes on YouTube, but it's not the same, you know? Oh, I know. I'm Well, I don't know. I saw Indiana Jones from, uh, behind the scenes. That was fun. Yeah. The, the new one? <laughs> okay. The new indie? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The dial. I did see the behind yeah. the scenes for that before I saw the movie. Um, yeah. But I, I, I was trying to uh, limit myself on which ones because when they said, oh, we're going to give you some insight into, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to get spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's no book on Indiana Jones movies. So. Yeah. So you got to so, enjoy it the right way. Like, Get it as it comes. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 I watch, like, the trailer, and I watch a little bit of um, coming attractions and stuff like that. But the real mm-hmm. behind the scenes where they show, like, how things were done, that I wait till mm-hmm. after. If I don't know anything about the movie and I don't want to be spoiled, then I wait till yeah. after I see the movie. But, yeah. um and I, I mean, come on! I've had a crush on Harrison Ford since I was a kid. So yeah, I watch every movie. <laughs> <from him. laughs> nice, nice. He was, he was, he was one of my major crushes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now Harrison Ford is the man. He's uh, definitely Mr. A-lister. He's the monster best. Oh my God! Did you see it? Indiana Jones in the style of Destiny? No, I haven't seen. I think the last indie I've seen was the one with Shia LaBeouf, maybe the Crystal Skull, I think. I can't remember what that was called, but uh, it was a while ago. It was a while ago. Uh, that one, uh, I think the one you're talking about is the one with uh, Sean Connery, with uh, yes. playing uh, Indy's dad. That was The Great Crusade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Indiana yeah, so we're probably talking like... Over 15 years ago then, maybe. I it was loved, a while ago. Uh, it wasn't 50 years ago. It was a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I mean, Sean has passed, but, I mean, he was an old man. Yeah. You know it wasn't 50 years ago. <laughs> in no, 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 not 50. Not 50. 15. I was thinking maybe like 2010, 20, 2009, oh, okay. somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think gosh, there were no. indie movies 50 years ago. <laughs> no, we were still in like Star Wars. 50 years yeah, he ago, been like Harrison would have been a teen. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but it's crazy to think that even back then he was still doing it. Like his career has been illustrious. Like Harrison Ford has had a great career. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, just, I, just, I just love those behind the scenes things. I just I'm I'm a nerd. Yeah. No, sorry. If you, if you have behind the scenes for your movie, I watch it. <laughs> uh cool. I actually um I mean I'll send you a link. I have a um a short film that I did called Blood Money that's actually has done 
way better than I thought on YouTube. It's only about five minutes. I threw it on YouTube just to see. Um, as of today, it has about 62,000 views. Um, All right. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's getting there. And I, I did a short, like, three-minute behind-the-scenes clip. But for the next one, we're definitely – I'm going to, like, do it like the DVD specials, you know? Yeah. For, like, full yeah. That would minutes. be good. Yeah. Yeah. Because I really love those, you know. I can't, I can't <laughs> yeah, be the only behind-the-scenes junkie. <laughs> no, not at all. In fact, I remember when I was when I was younger. I think it was either MTV or BET or one of them. They used to have um, like segments, like behind the scenes or whatever the new hot movie was, and they just show the whole process. I think they both did. I, yeah, I think they both did. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. both MTV and that and um, that's what I used to call it. <laughs> BET. Oh yeah, bet. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Uh, and um, and VH1. I think all three of them had behind-the-scenes stuff for movies. Yes. I used to watch them religiously, so kind of sucks they don't do that anymore, but I guess that's what YouTube is for now. Yeah, I spend a lot more time on YouTube than I ever thought I would. Yeah. Do you yeah, no, YouTube is amazing. on YouTube when, you, when you're doing your shows? I have not yet, but I am definitely going to start doing it more. Um, so far, we've been using Facebook and, um, you know, a little Instagram. But YouTube, I'm going to put a lot more effort into YouTube this year for my own personal brand and for advertising, Jess. YouTube is awesome. Yeah, I actually um, – I, 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 have certain communities that I, I there's a book tube and there's a movie tube mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff like that. I that's where I spend most of my time. Oh, and I also watch documentaries. Um, uh, I'm a nerd. I loved watching um, or, or interview shows, old interview shows. Dick Cavett has a, a channel on YouTube, and he has all these amazing interviews he did, like with Catherine mm-hmm. Hepburn and with um, Betty Davis and all these great, and he has it on YouTube. And anybody can go yeah. and watch these amazing interviews with these old classic actors that people think didn't actually do anything outside of doing the movies that they used to do. Um, nice. But they did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's real cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah so um, I, I, I think that's what cool. Yeah, um, I've been watching a lot of good documentaries on Hulu. Like Hulu has been doing really good with documentaries that mm-hmm. I that at least that catch my attention. I think one of the last ones I watched was the one on um, Ashley Madison, that whole thing and how the data got leaked and how the CEO was just Ooh. like so good at marketing the whole company. And I was like, wow, it was like a three part series, really good. Yeah, I, 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 when I had HBO, they had it was HBO Max or whatever, and they mm-hmm. had a really good uh, documentary series on uh, Paul Newman um, okay. and Joanne Woodward. It was and, and their romance nice. and, and 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 their illustrious career. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, the real life, and so you get the dark side and the happy side and all the different parts, mm-hmm. and it was really good. Um, yeah, yeah, I love documentaries. Um, I just yeah. watched one on um, on Virginia Woolf. We were just discussing it before. I'm getting into Virginia Woolf, okay? I'm sorry, I am. I'm getting into Virginia <laughs> no, Woolf. No, you're good. I'm very slowly getting into it, so I'm watching documentaries about her. <laughs> That's cool. That's good. I love it. Uh, yeah. This is part of Sherry expanding her reading. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, that's cool. That's what it's about, like discovering new stuff and getting excited about it and just seeing where it takes you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool. So, um, so uh, the do we have a date for the movie that's going to be released? I know you have a premiere date for the you know when you have the premiere, but do you know when people will be able to see it? 
I'm not 100% sure, but based on um, last year, based on the way that we did Friends Like Sisters, it'll probably be about a month after the premiere. So if it's March, then it'll be sometime in April? Yeah, it'll be probably by mid-April. And he might, you know, that was – I think the last time we did it, um, he's gotten a lot more. The producer has gotten a lot more experience since then. So, you know, he might arrange it to where it kind of, like, comes out around the same time. So uh, we'll see. But I'm thinking, I would just say to be on the safe side, probably about a month in between the premiere and the release, the wide release. Cool. And um, so so, – what is the full name of the movie? And um, and uh, do you know um, what the um, you know how long it is and all that good stuff so people will know where to go and what to expect? So the name of it is the Bitter Sugar, um, and it actually references a line in the movie. Um, because he's kind of like getting caught up in this girl who's been sent to seduce him, and his mom is real like spiritual, and she's like, you know, don't take a bite out of that bit of sugar. <laughs> so that's kind of where the name comes from. But uh, I'm not sure how long it's gonna be. Okay. But I'm thinking at least ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I I actually a really good time. Ninety is good. Mm-hmm. You know, the movies yeah. that are two and a half hours, people just don't have the. Uh, yeah, uh, unless it's like a, <laughs> a, a a comic book movie that people have been invested in for the last few years. Like, yeah, I think unless it's like Oppenheimer, but that's a rare rare one. But yeah, nah, I try well, to keep my person around. Mm-hmm. Oppenheimer is different because it's such an interesting subject. <laughs> it is. And then what was the other one? Um, the Killer of the Flower Moon. I know that was like I think oh, yeah. the three-hour mark. But I mean, it's Martin Scorsese. Well, like if he made a ten-hour movie, I would watch it. <laughs> you know, right? Like I would watch yeah. it. So they can get away with that. Christopher Nolan and Martin Scorsese are like masters of their craft, so they can do that. You know, but maybe one day for me, but not today. Do you know that Martin Scorsese is a scholar in movies? I mean, he knows everything from the beginning of movies to the current movie. Of course, he knows current, but he he can tell you about everything about Chaplin and about The Silence mm-hmm. and Greta Garbo. And I mean, mm-hmm. have you ever heard him talk about movies? <laughs> he is so mm-hmm. fascinating. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. I love Martin Scorsese. He's definitely one of my influences. Um, yeah, has to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think at least three of his movies are probably in my top twenty, if not top ten. But uh, Goodfellas definitely in The Wolf of Wall Street. Those are two movies I can watch. And um, Departed, like all three of those movies are movies that I can watch over and over again. And I just, um, I I love that he did a children's movie like Hugo. I just, uh, <laughs> I love the, yeah. his. His um, and he did um, the Age of Innocence, which is a very different kind of movie than he usually does. Very sophisticated mm-hmm. and, and yeah. um, old book. I mean, he mm-hmm. has this expanse of work that is mm-hmm. just incredible. I mean, yeah. I, I you can you could compare him to Hitchcock, you know, uh, with the yeah. type of movie, the different kinds of movies that he did. And is doing. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. I agree. I agree. So, yeah, and, um, it's you know, for you to follow footsteps up, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know um, with Goodfellas and The Wolf of Wall Street, he kind of had his trademark style of having the um, lead character kind of break the fourth wall and narrate a little bit. And, like, it was like we were hanging out with him, like, it was just cool. Like, I've been one. I wanted to do that. Maybe I'd do that with a short film, um, just to kind of play with that framework. But yeah, I get inspired by all those guys, man. <laughs> I love the sides. I love when uh, that's Shakespeare. That comes all the way back from the fifteen uh, hundreds. Oh. You know, I mean, the, you know, Shakespeare. Really? Yes, Hamlet and Beth and 
mm-hmm. Anthony and Cleo, they all have a side where they break the fourth wall and they start talking directly to the audience. Nice. Uh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's a very old uh, device. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was a theatrical device, and um, that they uh, started doing that in movies. It depends on the movies, time period. But they did it in the 20s and 30s. The 20s, they didn't do it in silence. I mean, like 29 when the, the movie started talking. Um, mm-hmm. But... But uh, but yeah, they used to uh, do that a lot. It, they did a lot of things that were really innovative before they started censoring and saying you can't do this and you can't do that. Um, yeah. Um, if you look at movies in the the 30s before they uh, started the different types of censoring things that they did, they were mm-hmm. so alive. There was so much experimentation. Really fascinating, especially if you yeah. look at something with Charlie Chaplin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Charlie Chaplin wouldn't do a talkie, and he finally did. A, he did um, a, his first talkie was Modern Times, but the tramp didn't talk. The bot. It was like it was sort of like um, um, George Orwell, um, 1984 where the big boss is watching over your shoulder. Well, modern times mm-hmm. is like that. And uh, the only person who talked that you heard their voice was the boss. Nice. So nice. that's how he got around. He hated the thought of the tramp talking. He finally did in The Great Dictator. But, yeah, that was how he got around it for modern times. But, um, but he was so innovative. Um, see, that's what... Why young people should look at old movies? <laughs> mm, right. Yeah, I agree. It's like really nothing new under the sun, but you can always like build upon the greats and what they did and, and make it your own. Like, exactly. I'm totally exactly. about that. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you never know what will inspire you. Um, you know, yeah. I think that's something really cool. And you're so you're mm-hmm. so creative that I have every Thank confidence you. that you're welcome that you will do <laughs> something amazing with your new one that you're working on. I just I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate that. Uh, I definitely feel like like all my films are my babies because I I put everything into them, but I really feel like this is my baby in the sense that like it's really my baby. Like from conception to final product, I'm gonna be very very involved. And like I'm always involved, but like I don't know, this one is just gonna be different. I just gotta say, wait to wait till you guys see it. It's gonna be amazing. I think that's great. Um, we're coming mm-hmm. to the end. Um, okay. No, this is usual. Uh, uh, could you give your website and your social media handles so people can say hi? Sure, absolutely. So my um, Instagram is directed by Jamal. Um, yeah, directed by Jamal. That's my IG. That's also the name of my YouTube channel. Directed by Jamal. My YouTube channel is fairly new, um, but I've been uploading a lot of content lately, and um, you know it's growing. Like people are really gravitating towards it. So yeah, please go check it out. And also lately, I've been working with newer filmmakers because, of course, once you do film, a lot of people ask you for tips and advice. And so I kind of started. I don't want to say coaching, but I guess for lack of a better word, just coaching newer filmmakers on how to go through the entire process of making an independent film. And so on my YouTube channel, I'm giving out a lot of information on that too, like just how to write a script, how to go about casting, how to tell a great story. Like I'm going to be giving a whole lot of information and just dropping knowledge on that. So, yeah, it's going, you know, I'm trying to grow it. I'm growing it. Oh, that is fantastic. That is so fantastic. I love that you're doing that. Um, Thank you. I'm definitely yeah. going to, oh, you're welcome. I, I, I definitely am going to check out your YouTube channel. Um, okay. I will be one of your new followers. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. And I will absolutely follow you back and subscribe back. 
and um, I'll send you those links in an email a little later tonight. Great. Um, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. It's always fun to talk to you, and I can't wait to see your movie. <laughs> thank you so much, Cher. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I'm always down, always, always down to come back to chat with Sherry because you're amazing, and, like, we could just talk for hours. Apparently, as we've seen, we could just talk for hours <laughs> about life and the film and just art, and I think that's cool, man. Like, I really enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It's really kind of you to say it. I I love it. Um, Thank you again. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. (laughs) My Experience better banking with SDCCU. Open a free checking with eStatements account at sdccu.com and bank on the go. Check balances, deposit checks, pay bills, and more online or just about anywhere through your smartphone 24-7. And if you need cash, access one of their 30,000 surcharge-free ATMs. San Diego County Credit Union, it's not big bank banking, it's better. Message and data rates may apply. Federally insured by NCUA. For details, go to sdccu.com slash new checking. Hey, it's Gina the Latina. Are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? If you're ready to change your future, my friends at Northwest College can help. Start training for a rewarding career in healthcare like medical assisting, medical billing and coding, surgical technology, or nursing. Don't wait. New classes are enrolling right now. Plus, we're giving away a $10,000 scholarship to attend Northwest College. So what are you waiting for? Register now at channel933.com slash edu. That's channel933.com slash edu. Or call 844-NEW-CAREER to learn more.